You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live on this lovely Friday in Lent. We're broadcasting live from the Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. I'm Teresa Curley, and I'm with Dylan Reinhardt. Yes, it's nice to be back with you guys. Um, And right now we have Meg Sheehan with us, who is currently the Student Life Coordinator of the Newman Center here in Brookings, South Dakota, and she is a junior right now, correct, Indeed, Meg? yes. Yeah. So, Meg, thanks for being with us this morning. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you mm, for having me. You are welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Meg. Who are you? Where do you come from? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, of course. So, um, like Dylan said, my name is Meg Sheehan. Um, I'm originally from a smaller town just north of Omaha in Nebraska um, and made my way up here for college at SDSU, and I'm actually studying biochemistry as well as botany. Mm. Um, but have really found my home here at the Newman Center and in the faith. So um, definitely get out onto campus and like in my classes and especially in my labs, but have (laughs) really found a a place to come back to and Mm. a real home here. Mm. Amen. Where are you from, Meg? Blair, Nebraska. Blair, Nebraska. Awesome. Any family, brothers, sisters? Yeah. uh, I'm the youngest of four, an eldest brother, and then two older sisters. Um, and two great parents. Mm, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So you say that your biochemistry, botany, mm-hmm. that's a busy, a really busy double major slash combination yeah. of field of study. And you're very involved at the Newman Center mm-hmm. right now. So I want to ask what first and foremost is your involvement in campus? So mm-hmm. let's say like with biochemistry, mm-hmm. with botany, different clubs and stuff like that. And then your mm-hmm. involvement with the Newman Center as well after that. Yeah. So I'm actually involved in the chemistry club. Um, and then I do some research for the campus as well, um, just in my in my spare time that I have. Mm. Um, I research um, some different things with within the biochemical field. Um, but then my involvement is primarily based out of the Newman Center, um, very faith-based clubs. Um, I'm the student life coordinator, but I'm also involved in focus. I'm in discipleship. I'm in a Bible study as well as lead a Bible study, mm. um, <laughs> which has been just a great joy to me. It's been um, so many blessings have come from that. Mm. Um, but then I'm also involved with like the Jacks for Life Club, um, getting involved a little bit outside of the Newman Center, but really coming back to that faith-based mm. um, type of clubs and organizations yeah. awesome thanks meg That's thank so you cool. so much yeah meg were you anticipating this much involvement in the newman center before you became a student <laughs> <laughs> i was not my sister is actually a focus missionary now and so when she was or when i was coming into college she was at the heart of it um she was a junior when i came in and she really just encouraged me to get involved and i was like oh cool like i guess i'll go to mass there and like instead of at the local parish and all of this um and everything um and then i really just like i said before found my home like mm. i found the people that really just genuinely cared about me and cared about who i am and wanted to know more about me and, and about my interests even if they weren't particularly mm. interested in it mm. and i was like i want to give so much more to this you know i want to be more involved mm. and at every every step of the way throughout my couple of years here i've just wanted to be at the Newman Center more. You know, I've just yeah. wanted to give more of my talents and more of my effort into this place because of what it did was able to do for me mm-hmm. in providing this home and like just this really great community of people who I 
can always count on for having like my back and in everything. Mm, amen. And some crazy missionaries that invite you to a retreat like a hundred thousand times, right? <laughs> yep. And then it, it ends up actually being really good for me. So, <laughs> uh, backstory about that joke. My her freshman year, my first year here, we had a Holy Spirit boot camp happening the first semester, mm-hmm. and I think I invited her about fifty times, probably yep. pretty close. Every day I saw her, I was like, "Hey, yep. Meg, there's this cool retreat going on. Mm-hmm. You should think about it." She's like, "Oh, I'll think about it." It's one very day. resistant. Yeah. One day she just goes, "Okay." Hey, I'm in. Sign me up. Like, what happened? <laughs> so it's really That's cool. Thanks, awesome. mm-hmm. Meg. Holy Spirit's persistent. Oh, indeed, yeah. indeed. <laughs> he was working through Dylan that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, yeah. So being involved, student life coordinator. Mm-hmm. What is the student life coordinator? What does that look like um, now that you're in more of a leadership role at the Newman Center? Yeah. So. The student life coordinator's position essentially just caters to being to doing mission specifically towards college mm-hmm. students, incorporating the faith and just like general fellowship events. So primarily what that leads to is my job is a lot of I lead a great team of ambassadors who do just amazing work. Um mm-hmm. but they the coordinator's position is to essentially just put on events for college students. Some are relatively faith-based, but some are just like genuinely fun events mm. to come together and just to really even see the building of the Newman Center as not, oh, that's like a place where we can only do mass and like mm. partake in the sacraments. While that's so important when we're catering to a very secular university, we want to incorporate them just by having like fun events, you know, like come play grocery bingo with us Mm. come come by and we'll do a variety show like Mm. a talent show stop by and do all of these different things that don't necessarily um we call them like low commitment (laughs) (laughs) events it's like you don't no commitment like you don't have to convert or anything Mm. but just even letting them know what this building is that way then when they walk by later time it's like oh yeah i remember when i did play grocery bingo there that was Mm. really fun Mm. Uh, or even just meeting other people yeah. And at the Newman Center, yeah. That's yeah. primarily what it boils down to is just providing providing events and providing things to do um, in a very fun and holy way. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I imagine one of those events probably struck you and got you interested in the Newman Center and being involved mm-hmm. in the community. What did that look like with any of those events that had an impact on you? I think it was... Not not necessarily any particular event, but it was the culmination of all of them. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I came back every time and the same people were here and those same people still cared about me. Mm-hmm. And I came back again for a different thing and those same people were still there mm-hmm. taking a genuine interest in me and like wanting to get to know me as a person rather than just like the very surface level or like... Mm-hmm. Um, we hear talking about different levels of friendship. It wasn't just, it was never a friendship of use. It was always just a deep, genuine friendship, mm. um, wanting, to, wanting the best for me. I could tell that they wanted the best for me. Mm. And I found them just through that repetition of coming to those events. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like one sp- particular time, but constantly just mm. knowing that these people loved me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. beautiful. Like the consistency of being present in your life. And as you said, getting to know you for who you are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's so beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. You got any questions, Teresa? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm a slow processor. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I know um, talking to you over the past couple years, getting mm-hmm. to know you a little bit, just like knowing how instrumental some of those events can be when people actually go out of their way 
to oh, meet yeah. you, even though that they have their particular groups of friend. I know. Yeah. I know, especially now after COVID, it's hard yeah. to like branch out, right? The the communication mm-hmm. on campus is weird now. People it's are weird. a little closed off, so it's yeah. just like, yeah. What do you think the importance of inviting people into existing friend groups are? Like, not mm-hmm. even just in the Newman Center, but elsewhere. Oh my gosh, it's huge <laughs> because nobody wants to be left out. Nobody mm. wants to be the person like outside of the group, mm. and so inviting them in. I always just think about putting myself in that person's shoes. I feel so loved, so welcomed, so just cared for when somebody says, oh, like, come on by, like, we're going to get ice cream, very simple things. Mm -hmm. But it's like, wow, you took the time out of your day. You cared about me enough to invite me into this friend group, invite me into this activity, whatever it may Mm be. Um, That's every day, you know, that's in every conversation that we have, constantly inviting other people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's tremendous what it can do for the soul um particularly like i've we've all felt like the person that's been left out nobody wants to feel like that so (laughs) yeah absolutely what are some of the challenges of your role and just trying to be that welcoming Hmm. face of christ to like the community like what are some of the kickback you get from that um i've actually experienced a very welcoming um community in it i would say that the pro the hardest or the biggest challenge with it is really just um, trying to like plan the best you can. Everything we do is in in the Holy Spirit. It's mm. all to build the kingdom of God. Mm. And sometimes the kingdom of God grows faster than we plan for, <laughs> and then we run out of food and things like that. <laughs> um, so like it's actually very logistical things that are probably the gotcha. biggest challenge. Mm. Um, the actual community and the the way I've been invited into it has been a great joy to me. It's never really been a challenge to me, which mm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's so cool. It's like midnight pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> nice Columbus, we need to jump into your store pancake mix. We, have- we were like, tea. every pancake batter was around the Newman Center. It was like used up. Like, I think father donated some from his personal pantry. Like, we oh, took it all. So funny. What a good problem to have. Honestly, have yeah. Food. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think, too, something that rings true for what you said about, you know, inviting people and people mm-hmm. not wanting to be left out. Uh, something that comes to mind is that doesn't stop in college. Like, oh, when you no. get older, you know, you're in a parish, you're doing these different things outside of that. Like, people want to be included. They want to be incorporated. Mm-hmm. And just, like, to be made aware of that right here and right now in college and to work in a spot where you are able to be more intentional about that than of most course. people around you. Like, what a gift that is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that's just something that comes to mind. You know, it doesn't stop here. We always want to be included. We always want to be a part of it. Yeah. You know? And I think it's in very simple and small ways too. Mm. I mean, one of the, one of my best friends that I met on campus, we met each other a freshman year. It was like day one of college, general biology. And she was coming out of the bathroom and almost accidentally hit me open with the door. And I think it would be very easy for somebody to be like, oh, it's fine, and then just kind of move on. But I was a freshman, didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends, so I was like, hi, uh, what's your name? (laughs) And to this day, she's one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. And so really inviting people, not even to events, to do things, but inviting them into conversation. We all hunger for just this authentic conversation, Mm -hmm. authentic relation. Um, and so inviting them into that in very simple, small ways mm. of just like, oh, what is your name? How are you doing? I think as a college student, especially outside of college, it's very easy just to 
sit next to the person at mass and then just never really think about it and just keep very much in your own lane. Mm. But mm. man, mm. what's the joy in that? <laughs> what's the joy for only talking about the weather? All exactly. The time? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's mm-hmm. super easy to fall into that mindset of, you know, I don't know this person. I want to get to know them, mm-hmm. but I know they don't have any interest in me. Like mm-hmm. they're all set with their friend group. Yep. So I'm not even going to bother. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be talking more with Meg right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I guess my favorite part of listening to Catholic radio is listening to people like Dan, converts, that I'm just always so amazed. I'm thinking I need to be stronger in my faith because of them, because they seem to know more than I do about my own faith that I grew up with, I was born with. I'm one of the Catholics that never thought of not being a Catholic. I always think of some of the parables that the person that was always good or whatever, but not that I was always good, (laughs) isn't necessarily the one that gets taken care of, you know? It's the guy that strayed a lot and came back. And I think of that every time the prodigal son is is read because I can identify with that in different levels on both sides. I, I think that's what I one of the things I enjoy most and listening to uh, the answers, Catholic answers, because I always want to know more about my faith. I, I wish I did know more. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Dylan Reinhart. And we are coming live from the Newman Center here at Pius XII Newman Center here in Brookings, South Dakota. And we have been talking with Meg Sheehan, who is the student life coordinator for the Newman Center right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's been sharing with us just her experience as a college student, the ways that the Newman Center has impacted her own personal growth in the faith and also how Mm -hmm. she has built in a desire to take that out into the community on campus and to invite people into just such a beautiful and holistic community that we're trying to form here at the Newman Center. Of course. Um, 
Um, over the break, we were talking with Meg a little bit about you know the craziness of being a <laughs> biochemistry major, botany major, along with that student life coordinator, Bible study leader, Bible study member, person who's involved in discipleship mm-hmm. with focus. There's a lot of time commitment there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the questions we had, Meg, how do you make time for prayer? You know, like prayer is essential in there, but how do yeah. you make time for it? Um, it's a priority. Um, beyond what else, if I ever need a homework break, it's always just like the priority. It's, you know, it's getting, it's getting a little later in the evening. Like I'm going to take this Mm. break and just go and do it because it's so important to me. It actually stemmed from, as I mentioned to you guys earlier that, um, over this past year, I was actually discerning religious life and I was like, oof, I need a better (laughs) prayer life if I'm going (laughs) to start to discern religious life. Mm. And so kind of one day I just said, you know what, I'm just going to do a daily holy hour. Had no idea what to do in it, but I was there and the Lord really just took me from there. Mm. Um, and since then I'm no longer discerning religious life, but because of that, those habits never really left. Um, and it just became such a priority, even in my school, even in my daily life amidst the busyness, I find that without it, I get so like flustered and discombobulated in all of my studies Mm. and and all of my activities if Mm. I don't take that time to pray. Amen. So you're talking about discerning religious life. Mm -hmm. You had a very active place of discernment last semester, especially. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. did that look like? And like, what were some of the struggles of actually maintaining an open heart while you were trying to discern God's will? Yeah, I think probably one of the hardest parts was just being in college, discerning religious life is not exactly the going with the grain. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had broken up with my boyfriend at that time to go, um, to go discern. Mm. And that was, that was a real challenge in itself. Um, but then people outside of the Newman center would be kind of asked like, Oh, like what happened? And it's, it takes a lot of courage to be like, well, actually I'm discerning like religious life. That might be calling me to be a nun. A nun. Like, yeah, honestly. And so just kind of taking all of that and like, really having that courage to, you know, like share what I was actually doing with my life and share like the, the real like things that I was doing and the reasons behind them, Mm. um, as people started to notice some of those changes in my actions. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. What you were Mm -hmm. saying about going to your holy hour every day Mm -hmm. without knowing what to do. It just reminded me of what you said earlier of just being consistent with people. Oh yeah. And just the beauty that flows from consistency Mm -hmm. and committing to something. Oh yeah. Inviting other people in does not stop at God. I mean, inviting God in and then he'll just do the rest. It's just way easier, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, being consistent. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's really cool. It's like, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of it. Yep. <laughs> surrender Novena. Oh, man. It changes, it changes hearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really cool, Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, how has, like, your involvement with Focus, I know that you have class here in, like, 10 minutes yeah. or so. Busy, <laughs> busy. You know, student <laughs> life. Um, your involvement with Focus, mm-hmm. what has that looked like, and how has that helped you grow into a leader in the faith and also grow in your own personal mm-hmm. life with Jesus? Yeah, so I think a lot of people know about Focus kind of before coming to college. Mm. I think that, or not until they come to college. Sorry, I said that backwards. Um, My sister is a Focus missionary, like I mentioned before. So I kind of had an exposure to it um, just before college. And like, really, I was like, ooh, that might be something I want to Mm. be a part of. Um, And then, so coming into college, I joined a Bible study, um, just met this amazing group of women, still Mm. some of my best friends. and yeah, just got involved in that. And then I was asked to be in discipleship to grow closer to the Lord. And really what struck me was 
I keep talking about it, but this authentic friendship, mm. you know, it's just like, I am not alone in this faith. Mm. I am not the only college person on campus my age <laughs> who's a very, I feel like I'm a normal person <laughs> who's striving for virtue, striving mm. for holiness, you know, that bond that you share, um, which I found in focus was this beautiful, beautiful bond to just let it, let me know that I mm. wasn't alone. And even to let other people know, like, you're not alone in this faith. You're not by yourself. Like, that's the whole point. Um, and I even have brought that, a lot of that mentality into my job as SLC, you know, just sharing with people like this faith is not on your own. Mm. Um, but specifically with focus, I really just learn more about the faith, more like the apologetics type of stuff yeah. and more of like the theology, yeah. kind of the nitty gritty in there. <laughs> um, but doing that with, with those authentic friends, you know, mm. what mm. could be better? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, something that I've seen consistently, I know we've had conversation mm -hmm. of how here the past few years, there's been a lot of transition with our female mm -hmm. missionaries with focus, you know, and it's been a challenge because yeah. like Meg had mentioned, you know, it's hard to like open up and be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's hard to grow close and then have someone kind of like leave out, but yeah. she's consistently chosen it, like consistently mm -hmm. wanted it, consistently pursued it. How do you have that perseverance? That's, that's hard, you mm -hmm. know? It's easy to sugarcoat yeah. it, like oh, no, oh this yeah, is great, but yeah, how do you but persevere in that? I, it is tough. It's really challenging to be vulnerable. I think that's mm. one of the biggest struggles that our society faces today. You know, we can't we can't authentically communicate because we're not willing to be vulnerable ourselves. Mm. We can't grow, can't like hear more about other people because if we're not first vulnerable, why would they be vulnerable mm. with us? Um, but I think the persistence of it comes in just with the knowledge, like the real rational thought of like, this is good for me. Mm. This is where I need to be. I need to have these friends. I need to learn more about this faith that I call my own. I need to, when I call myself a Catholic, I want to know what that means. Mm. Um, and so just the persistence in it, kind of getting over the, the vulnerability aspect of it. It's like, well, like you're another person, like how much you can teach me so much. Mm. Like I want to, I want to share in that, um, and so then moving forward from there, just really being persistent in it and knowing how good it is for me mm. and how good it is for my soul in, the, lo in the long run, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Praise God. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Um, so yeah. we don't have much time left. Yeah. What is some advice that you would give to other college students now? Yeah. Um, that's one. Mm -hmm. To college students that will be entering in this next year, mm -hmm. so freshmen coming in. Sure. Or to parents that have freshmen coming into college? Oh, oh good question. Loaded question. Yeah. A lot yeah. of them. <laughs> um, to college students coming in, or college students now and college students coming in, um, I think this point isn't necessarily separated from them. We hear it all the time as the youth of the church. We hear it every day. It's get involved, you know, mm. be involved, join a club, join this, join that. And I, t I challenge you all to take it a step further to be the involvement, mm. to start the things, to join and not join in the conversation, but to start the conversation, mm. to lead the Bible study, to take it a step further rather than just being involved. Well, that's a good place to start. And it's super important. You know, we all need to learn the, <laughs> the how to do it. But the next step is really to just be the involvement, mm. to take that next step, to be vulnerable. And I think to parents of students going to college, um, 
I think it requires just genuine conversation with them. Again, being vulnerable, even with your kids. Mm. I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm still in college. But (laughs) um, one of the things is just being really vulnerable with your kids, sharing about your own college story, Mm. sharing your own testimony with them as they're moving into college. You know, like these are this is how I lived in my college life. This is what I think that helped form my faith really well. Mm. This is what I think helped, didn't help form my faith really well. And being really honest with them in that and just kind of exposing them to, to your um, past, to your testimony Mm. in that I think would be a huge help. I think my my parents um, never really had a conversation like that with me, but if I think if they had, it would have just really shaped the way Mm. I looked at college, viewed college, and especially faith in the call in college communities. Amen. Amen. That's so cool. Yeah. Be vulnerable with your children. Honestly. Yes, please. (laughs) I know it can be scary. I don't know it can be scary. That's the same thing with Mm -hmm. my parents. Like my dad, I'm like, I know that there's stuff that you haven't told me. And then I wish you would have told me that before I went to college. So I didn't make the same dumb mistakes that you made, you know, Um, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for being with us today and just sharing your witness. Um, I know our listeners have appreciated this. So. Yeah. Mm. I, this has been a true blessing and a true joy to me. So <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for joining us, Meg. Meg has to get off to her physics class right now. So yeah. we will let her get going. <laughs> Unfortunately. But, yeah. We're, and we're going to take a quick break in just a moment here. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with another focus missionary, right, Dylan? Yes. Yes. My teammate Cody is going to be on joining us, telling about his conversion to the Catholic faith and his experience as a first-year missionary here at South Dakota State this year. Awesome. Well, Dylan, what are just some of your takeaways from this morning, just the conversations we've been having? Yeah, from this morning, I would say, um, wow, being with Charles and his fiance this morning, you know, taking away of what chastity truly is, of not running away from the hard, like one thing that rings to mind and um, a way that I heard chastity explain is like the proper integration of our sexuality for our state of life, Mm. you know? And having that hard conversation with people about what it is and not just like beating around the hard stuff there and how that can draw you into that authentic conversation, the authentic relationships, the ones that aren't just turning inward and self-seeking, but are actually like desiring the good of everyone around you as well as yourself. And that tying in with that vulnerability and that hardness that comes with that, like we were talking with Meg, you know, like it takes courage to go out and talk to people. It yeah. takes courage to invite people into a conversation, into a group. So some takeaways from today is just like, take courage, you know? Meg said it there at the end. Don't just seek to get involved. Be the involvement. Like, <laughs> be the conversation starter. Be the Bible study leader. Be the one that isn't just waiting for everyone else to do it, but be the one that actually takes action and does it, you know, with those hard conversations with your kids about chastity, with those hard conversations with your significant other about chastity, with just trying to invite people into a community and into your faith in general. Like, don't be afraid of those hard conversations. Entrust them to the Lord and trust that as we give them to Him, He's going to transform them and He is going to bless them and He is going to do good with them. Um, so yeah, Amen. those are some takeaways. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Well, stay with us over the break. We have more Real Presence Life coming up. 